and then bring an offering unto the Lord. And he said once a year, three times in the year. Um, when I say once, it's for Passover or Feast of Unleavened Bread. Then it's for Pentecost, and then it's for Feast of Tabernacles. So it's actually three times in the year, but they would come and they would present those offerings before the Lord, and they would be blessed in return. It wasn't like God was just trying to take what they had. It's like, no, he continued to pour out abundance. Isn't that something? In the kingdom, the way to receive is to give. In the kingdom, the way to be blessed is to give. Jesus told Paul, by divine revelation, he says, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive, which means that even in the giving, we're still going to be out-blessed by what we receive. We give, and when we give, we can give freely and expecting God to move on behalf of our giving. We don't have to be ashamed of that. Why? Because it's a principle of God, and we're not ashamed of God's principles. It may sound like arrogance. It may sound like uh, uh, whatever. It could be selfish, if you will. Whatever it sounds like, it may sound ugly to the natural ear, but to a man or woman of God who's living according to God's principles and God's ways, God's words, it just makes perfect sense. Hallelujah. Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda, I think her name is Melinda Gates, they have been, now they operate on this principle, but they have been giving for a long time. They have been known as philanthropists, if you will, and there are others as well, and yet they are billionaires, and they give, and they give, and they give, and they're still multi-billionaires. They don't go into poverty by their giving. They actually just continue to get more and get more and get more. I'm not saying that has to be your mindset, but it's just an automatic thing that happens when we give willingly, cheerfully, and bountifully. We will reap in like manner. If we only want a little, give a little. If we want a lot, you give a lot and watch God return. Hallelujah. Amen. So has everyone given? That's going to. Then stand to your feet and let us worship the Lord in our giving, and then we'll get right into the word. Amen. The reason you all came here. Hallelujah. Stretch forth your hands in faith. Is there anyone that we can be in agreement for healing? Anyone that we can be in agreement for breakthrough, anyone that we can be in agreement for a job, for raises or promotions, if that's you, raise your hand and shout amen, that's me. Okay, we got a few of them in here, Lord, that we need you to move on their behalf in Jesus' mighty name, and we stand in agreement. But we are not, we are not embarrassed, we are not afraid, and we're not intimidated to petition you for great things to happen on behalf of your people. And we just come into agreement right now for those who are in need of healing in their physical bodies, in their mind, in their heart, in their soul, whatever the need may be, that you will exceed it in Jesus' name. That there be no limitations to your power operating in their lives. If they need jobs, Father God, that you, there are multiple, there are multiple jobs, there are many jobs out there now, Father, that aren't being filled right now. There's more jobs than there are people. Father, we pray for divine connection right now. 
And we pray for the spirit of wisdom to come upon your people right now. We pray, Father, for divine favor to come upon your people right now. That if they are not qualified for these jobs that are available, you will create jobs that they are qualified for. Or you'll give them the wisdom to be able to go beyond their limitations and be able to do those jobs that are available. But don't let your people be lacking or without, not in this time of plenty. For the plenty is not for the wicked. The plenty is for the just. You've even said in your word that the wealth of the sinner is laid up, stored up for the just. So now, Father, through divine connections and through unlimited, uncommon favor, release it upon your sons and daughters that they may prosper. Through your healing power, you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God that healeth thee. Heal us in every place within our physical bodies, even mentally and emotionally, Lord God. No matter what, let there be no limitations to your power tonight. Your commanded presence is requested on the scene right now to move on behalf of your people, to move situations around, to turn situations around for glory and honor and praise. Not just that we may sound good, but giving you the opportunity to do good on behalf of your people. We bind the hand of the enemy. We come against everything that tries to stand in the way and prevent your sons and daughters from receiving what you've already ordained for them to have. We, in the name of Jesus, take authority over principalities and powers and spiritual hosts of wickedness and serve them notice to get out of the way and to loose the promised blessing of God. Release it now in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you, Father, for favor. We thank you for the opportunities. We thank you for businesses striving. We thank you for businesses profiting. We thank you for the increase that is coming. We thank you for the increase that is here. We thank you for the blessing that's coming to your sons and daughters. Whatever the need may be, you're going to exceed it, excel it right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for every person that is receiving healing by faith in their physical body in the name of Jesus Christ from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet throughout their entire being in the joints and the ligaments, Lord God. In the bone marrow itself, let your healing virtue and power flow in and through your body, your body right now. In Jesus' name, Father God, we rebuke. Uh, 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 Lord, the name escapes me now. Coronavirus. We rebuke as they call it COVID nineteen. We come against that in the name of Jesus. It has a name, therefore we speak the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus over the lives of your sons and daughters throughout this region, throughout this county, throughout our cities, Lord God in the name of Jesus that that disease be chased off that disease be destroyed that disease be utterly defeated and your people walk in divine health and wholeness healing power and victory in Jesus name every curse of the devil we claim to be broken sorcery and witchcraft and idolatry all those things that invite the wicked or wicked spirits in we bind that right now we cancel the assignments of the evil one Break every habit. Deliver from every stronghold that tries to hold your people in bondage and in captivity. 
Let nothing have the influence over them except for you, almighty God. Let nothing, let nothing, let no addiction, Lord God, keep your people in bondage. Burst the bonds of addiction, Lord, whatever they may be in Jesus' mighty name. Set your sons and daughters free that they have no desire and no appetite for the things of the world that are detrimental to their spiritual walk and health and relationship with you. In the name of Jesus, you said in your word, Jesus, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You are my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So let freedom come to your people. Burst the bonds of wickedness in the name of Jesus and bless them and prosper them in every area of their lives, spirit, soul, and body in Jesus' name. Everybody who agrees said amen. All right. Woo. Praise his holy name. You may be seated in the presence. This coming Saturday, by way of announcements, E-Team will be going out at 10.30 a.m., Brother Kwame will be getting in touch with each and every one of you and anyone who would like to go out with them who has not gone out with them, by all means, make yourselves available or contact them. Let them know before you leave this place tonight. I want to go out evangelizing with you. They need more laborers. They're not begging. They're not pleading. They're still excited and they're still going. They need prayers and intercessions, but they also need some active participation to join in with them as they go into the neighborhoods witnessing the marvelous gospel of Jesus Christ unto whomsoever will listen. All right. Well, we said over these next few Wednesdays, these seven, which is now five more after this, that we'd be going over, as I shared on Sunday, the words of Christ, not just the seven last words, but the words or the teachings of Jesus, the letters in red, some of the things that are recorded in the scriptures about our Lord and Savior. And so for the time left, we're going to look at, hopefully we can get through these three, and these are like the first things that Jesus said that are recorded in Scripture as he uh, came to this earth and uh, took on the form of man. He became a servant, as the Scripture says, a, a humble servant who humbled himself uh, even unto death on the cross, submitting himself to the will of the Father, if you will. So if you have your Bibles with you, open them up to the book of Luke chapter 2. And this is where we'll begin. And the, 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 the story or the narration, story, account that we're about to look at is at an early point in Jesus' life. And these were the first words that are recorded that he actually spoke. Um, I'm sure he spoke more than those. I'm sure he said his first mama, dada, that's not recorded. I'm sure as he grew older and learned how to talk more and things like that. That's just how humble he became. You go from being God the Son, the second person of the Trinity of God, who by God the Father, he created all creation, as Paul talks about in the book of Colossians, that here he is, he now leaves his position as creator and comes in the form of humanity. And he comes not as full-grown man as Adam was created, but now he comes into this world as a baby, an innocent baby. And God has to watch over him all the days of his life. And so at this point in time, Jesus is only 12 years of age. These are very familiar passages of scripture, but 
I believe there's something in here that we can learn from the life of Jesus because he's the one who we're truly supposed to follow. The Apostle Paul said unto the uh, church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. And that wasn't just to them, it was to the whole body. And that should be the, the, the mindset of every believer, if he will, let alone the apostle, the apostolic uh, person who walks in that office, if he will, to follow them as they follow Christ. Um, it's not only for that time, but it's for now as well. And so we need to get to know Jesus. Amen. We, that's that's uh, important for every believer. It's not just important for the pastors or the preachers, if you will, evangelists, apostles, prophets, teachers, and all. It's for every believer. Paul's prayer through the church to the church of Galatia is that you know, my little children in whom I travail in birth pains again until Christ be fully formed in you, speaking to the believers, the children, those that he had taught the word of God. And as newborn babes, they were desiring the pure milk, as Peter talked about, and they were growing in their faith, but deception came in. And when that deception came in, it was so lethal, that's my word, so lethal that they, they were about to abandon what they had freely received. It's like they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. They started operating in the gifts of God. They abandoned the idolatrous worship that they were doing, and they were on fire for God. And then all of a sudden, somebody tells them, you got to uphold the law. You got to be circumcised. You got to be all of this and all of that in order. And, and they were, and Paul said, who has bewitched you? Who, who came in with that type of sorcery to trick you in your mind and in your heart to now want to abandon and go after something to get what you already got by faith? Now, isn't that a trick of the devil? to make you go after something that you already have and try and get it by another way when you already got it simply through faith. So anyways, Paul was telling them, my little children of whom I labor and travail in birth pains until Christ be fully formed within you because our lives are supposed to be a reflection of Jesus and not our own anymore. We have died with Christ on that cross and as Christ was risen from the dead and now sits at the right hand of the Father, even we have been raised in newness of life, but that life is not our own. Our lives are hidden in Christ, in God, right there at the right hand of power, if you will. And the life that we now live, as Paul said, we live now by the faith. Are you listening to me? Galatians 2.20, by the faith of the Son of God, the very faith faith that Jesus lived by, the very faith that Jesus walked by, the very faith that Jesus talked and spoke, the very faith that he operated in. So now um, we, the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Say he loved me. Say he loved me. Point at yourself and say he loved me. He loved me. Yeah. Yeah, he loved me so much. He loved me and then gave himself for me. And you can make that personal because even though it took place 2,000 years ago, he had you in mind. Hallelujah. He had you and future generations in mind. It, the Bible talks about the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despised the shame, and has now sat down at the right hand of the Father. And he ever lives now to make intercessions for us. So you know... Uh, our prayers get through, but you know Jesus' prayers get through, get through. 
And you know Jesus' prayers get answered. So if Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for you, don't imagine Jesus is saying, Father, let them suffer. Father, let them have hardship in life. Father, let them be mistreated. Let them be abused. No, he's not praying that. He's praying, Father, first of all, forgive them for anything and everything that they've done, for they know not what they do. He's saying, Father, bless them. Don't see them for who they are. See me for who I am. I died for them. They are one of ours, Father. I stand in the gap on their behalf. Lay all of their charges against them on me. But as for them, let them... I ain't talking to you because I've already asked you a question that you refuse to answer me. Siri trying to come in on the conversation. I asked Siri one time, are you saved? That's for another day, another conversation. So anyways, he's at the right hand of the Father, and he ever lives to make intercessions. In other words, he ever lives to stand in the gap on our behalf. If you ever, ever find yourself just even doubting or wondering whether God hears your prayers, just remember Jesus is at his right hand interceding for you, and you know he's got the Father's ear. If anybody's got the Father's ear, Jesus does. But we got his ear too, and we just simply pray, as the writer said, Lord, Incline thine ear so he can hear his servant pray. Amen. All right. So have you found Luke chapter 2? That's what I've been waiting for. Luke chapter 2. All right. We'll begin in verse 40. Oh, let's start in verse 39. When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord... They returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. And the child grew. Say the child grew. Okay, so we know that in the natural, you know, it, it, it's unnatural for a baby not to grow. It's a natural thing for a baby to grow. So he's growing. He's getting bigger. You know, he, he's going from, well, he, at this point, he's not even crawling. At this time, he's 12 years of age. So he's growing up as this young boy. And uh, the scripture says, the child grew and became strong in spirit. So he was not only uh, getting bigger, stronger in the natural, but now in the realm of the spirit, which means his relationship with the father is getting stronger. That's what the being strong in spirit is all about. He is more connecting into, not that he was ignorant of, but more connected into his relationship with God the Father. As far as growing up from a babe and being raised up by his mom and his earthly father, who was not his uh, biological father, but simply one who stepped in to cover Mary as she was conceived um, by the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost implanted his seed in her. She became pregnant and gave birth to the Son of God, Jesus the Christ. So he's strong in spirit and also filled with wisdom, not human wisdom, but godly wisdom. And then it says also, and the grace of God was upon him. It's a pattern for the believer. It's a pattern for the believer. Follow me as I follow Christ. When Jesus spoke to Peter and John, and then when he spoke to uh, John and, and uh, James, uh, he said, follow me. And just those two words, command, his commanding presence and those words that he spoke to them, 
cause them to drop their nets with their father and leave that boat and leave that fishing career and go and follow Jesus. The same with James and John as well. They dropped what they were doing and they followed Jesus and they remained with him until the end. He had a commanding presence, the words that he spoke with authority and power. How do we know? Because that was the response of the people when they heard him teach, when they heard him preach, he spoke with confidence, he spoke with boldness, he spoke openly, he hid nothing. And so it wasn't like he was just hiding out in some place, giving some secret messages and things like that. He spoke openly, boldly, and plainly for people to hear. And as he spoke to them, they responded. So James and John responded to him, and also Peter and Andrew, they responded to Jesus as well, and they followed him. It says, with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So this is the growth pattern. This is who we follow after. And if Jesus grew, we ought to grow. If Jesus became strong in spirit, we need to become strong in spirit. What does that mean? You can't just be concerned with feeding your fleshly body, if you will. You can't just be concerned with just water and food or whatever beverage you have with your food, if you will, and whatever meal you decide to eat. That's not your sustenance. That's not your substance that keeps you. It will keep you alive physically, but it will not help you spiritually because in order to grow spiritually, there are times where you have to deny yourself physically because the physical will get in the way of the spiritual. And if all you spend your time on is taking care of this physical body and you're a child of God, you're going to be spiritually famished at the expense of being a glutton. That's how silent it is right now. <laughs> okay. What was that? That was say 31. Let me get to what he said, okay? The child grew and waxed strong in spirit, or grew strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. Say, that's me. I come to God as a child. I come to him as a babe. But I get strong in spirit. Why? Because the spirit is greater than the soul or the flesh, the body that we are in. We need to be more concerned with how we're doing spiritually than just how we're doing naturally. Don't focus in on what's happening with your physical body. Don't focus in on what's just happening in the soulless realm of how you feel, your mind and your will and your emotions. Be more concerned as a child of God, how am I doing spiritually? And am I feeding my spirit? Rather than being physically fit, am I spiritually fit? And rather than doing things that make me feel happy, if you will, because not everything in life makes you feel happy, although all of us want to be happy. I like to be happy too, and I love to laugh, if you will. However, I can't be more concerned with that than I am with my spirit. Because if my spirit is strong, it will sustain me in all things. It will sustain me in sickness. It will sustain me even when I feel in the soulless realm low. My spirit man will raise me up, if you will, and keep me going strong. God told Joshua, he said, Joshua, be strong and very courageous. What was God saying? He wasn't saying, Joshua, you need some, um, some self-help books. 
You need to do something about, you know, your perspective. You need to do something about your emotions and stuff. He is like, be strong and very courageous. And he was speaking to his spirit. You got to be built up. Why? Because you're going to see an enemy that's larger than you, that outnumbers you. And if you in your soul will look, you'll look like those ten spies. And you'll say, we can't take them. The land is great. All of the promises that God said, you know, it's there. Everything, the, the land is real nice. The fruit is good. And, you know, everything is everything. But the Anakims are there. The giants are there. And they look at us like we are grasshoppers. And we look at ourselves as we are grasshoppers too. As a matter of fact, the way they say it is, is we were as grasshoppers in their eyes. And we were as grasshoppers in our own eyes. So the image that they had of themselves, because they're only looking in the natural. And in the natural, they were brought down, brought low, the depression or the discouragement, if you will. But in the spirit, you had Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb, their strongest spirit, they see the same thing all the other ten see. They see the land like they see it. They see the, 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 the fruit like they see it. They see the giants unlike they see it. They see the giants. They're like, God's going to make them our bread. They're going to be bread for us. We're not going to be discouraged. We're not going to be brought low. We're not going to give in to what we see. We're going to give in to the God that who, who we know. That makes sense? Okay, it's 834. One more minute. Drop down to, oh, let's see what verse this is. I'll read this and then we'll stop for tonight. So at least we can say we covered one of the words. The first he hearing of which we've heard from Jesus. Here he is at the uh, time of his. Okay. I got it right here. Oh, I'm looking in the wrong chapter. Okay. Sorry. Verse 49 first words that are recorded of what Jesus said in the earthly ministry while here on earth. Not sure he said more than that, but it's not recorded. So we're simply going by what's recorded. His mother and dad are in a panic. They have gone out and they have walked away from Jerusalem a day's journey, which means they had traveled for a day and they're out there. Then they notice well, he's not around them, so they look back through the caravan because that's how they traveled in, 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 in packs, if you will, for lack of better words. And they look amongst the other family members and all of the friends that had traveled to Jerusalem for the great celebration because that's how they did it once, um, uh, I should say, three times a year for each one of the uh, sacred holy days that God determined. And so they look through, and, they, and he's nowhere around. And so they, they, they're like, oh. So they go back to Jerusalem. So if it took them a day to get there, it took them another day to get back there. So they go back to Jerusalem. So that's two days. And then it takes them a day to find out where he's at in Jerusalem. So finally, it dawns on them, boo, let's go to the temple. And so they go to the temple. And then after three days, they find him. And he's in the temple. And he is asking questions. And he's listening to their answers, and he has great comprehension. And the teachers, as the scriptures call them, doctors, if you will, the doctors were amazed at his understanding. 
and his knowledge. So they go in there, and this is at 12 years of age. This is part of that he grew. Say he grew. So he grew in the word. He grew in stature, if you will. He grew up as a boy. He grew in wisdom, if you will. He was learning. And so at this age of 12, mind you, they're supposed to know certain things, but Jesus knew beyond those things, especially as it pertained to the things of the Father. So they're amazed. And then the mother and the father come up to him, and they say these words. Let's do 48. When they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you dealt with us like this? Look, your father and I have anxiously searched for you. He said to them, how is it that you search for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? He wasn't being disrespectful. He was simply letting them know a truth, that this is why he had come. And then after he says that, he goes with them being respectful. But as it says in verse 52, and we'll stop, and Jesus increased. Say he increased. Well, already he is moving in it in verse 42, I think it was. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When the days of the feast were complete, as it was, they returned with the child, dot, dot, dot. Let me not go there. Uh, but he increased, oh, it was verse 40. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Well, look at what happens in verse 52. It says, and Jesus increased. So we never stop growing. We never stop maturing in the things of God. And in stature. And in favor with God and men. So that grace continued to abound on his life. And we follow Jesus. Follow me, Paul said, as I follow Christ. Jesus says, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. I'll teach you how it's done. The pattern is already established. We don't need to make any new patterns. We simply need to follow the pattern that's already laid out for us through Jesus Christ. Amen. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you for that time. Thank you for your patience. The word of God gets exciting. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you for each and every person that is here. Under the sound of my voice, I pray that the words that have been spoken, which are spirit and life, that those words register upon the tablets of our heart, that you be glorified in our lives in everything that we do. Even as we look over the words that Jesus taught, we won't be able to cover all of them, Father God, but we'll cover the high points as it leads up to Resurrection Sunday. May you be glorified. May we be edified. And may every one of our adversaries be terrified at what you do. Cause us to increase in wisdom and stature and favor. Cause us to grow in the grace and favor of God like never before. Grace unleashed, power unleashed, authority unleashed in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you right now, Father, for what you're doing. And we thank you right now for the healings that have been going forth. And we give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. 
Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of our Father and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost be multiplied and increased in each and every one of your lives. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody who agreed, said amen. amen. All right, greet one another in the name of the Lord.